So, hello my friends, Devon Lennox here, Photography PX. In today's video, we'll cover the main highlight features and do an overview of Sony's FX3. Do know you can find timestamps and links in the description down below, as well as the pinned comment. And also know this is not a sponsored video. Let's get started. Released in the spring of 2021, Sony's FX3 comes to market to bridge the gap between their Alpha series and the FX Cinema lineup. And it's a camera for filmmakers wanting utmost portability, but higher end cinema functionality. Technically, it sits in the FX lineup just beneath the higher end FX6 as the new entry point into their cinema line. On paper, the FX3 borrows many features from the A7S Mark III and the higher end FX6. Namely, it grabs the full frame sensor and processor from the A7S and the S Cinetone profile and the autofocusing system from the FX6. However, it does so sporting a brand new body design optimized for a cage-free operation, and it seems to take a new approach to usability, ergonomics, and general inputs and outputs, all ready to compete with Panasonic's S1H, Sigma's FPL, and Blackmagic's Pocket 6K Pro. It obtains the same processor and sensor from the A7S Mark III. With that, it houses a 12.1 megapixel Exmor R backside illuminated CMOS sensor without an anti-aliasing filter and the Bion's XR processor. This configuration gives the camera identical imaging capabilities and a similar 15 plus stops of dynamic range. From a video standpoint, it shoots 4K UHD up to 120p and 1080p FHD up to 240p without pixel binning. But there's a mild 10% crop at 120p, so be cognizant of that. Even so, it does record audio and maintains autofocus, which is excellent in this mode. Otherwise, the camera oversamples to create 1080p, resulting in extremely sharp full HD videos with fewer artifacts and noise. The camera also receives identical codecs from the A7S III. In in this case, it has both XAVCHS, the H.265 codec, and XAVCSI. Recording to HS provides 4K 120p 10 bit 422 videos up to 280 megabits per second with greater details and fewer artifacts than comparable XAVCS videos alone. In contrast, SI provides 4K 60p 10 bit 422 videos up to 600 megabits per second or 280 for full HD. 120p. It also obtains slow and quick motion recording, zebras, and Sony's full suite of picture profiles and gammas, including S-Log, S-Gamut, S-Gamut Cine, HLG, and S-Log now delivers 15 plus stops of dynamic range and a reduced ISO of ISO 640 or an extended range of 160 to 500. And these changes make it more realistic to shoot outdoors without stacking ND filters. The camera also features proxy recording, the gamma display assist function, timecode, a new front-facing visible light and IR sensor from the A7S III, which improves its white balancing, the custom white balance tool from the A7S III with a flexible spot, and it can output a clean 16-bit RAW 4K 60p signal via HDMI. From a photography standpoint, this camera matches the A7S III as well. With that, it shoots 12.1 megapixel still images as either JPEGs, RAWs, or even HIFs. And the camera surprisingly maintains a full-time mechanical shutter, even though it's aimed at cinematography. Plus, it can also shoot continuously at 10 frames per second with full autofocus and auto exposure support. Otherwise, it has several bracketing options, including standard bracketing, but also white balance and dynamic range bracketing 
everything. It obtains the interval shot function, the new HIF JPEG format, and it has a new anti-dust system installed on the sensor to prevent tedious retouching or manual cleaning. Low light performance mostly matches the a7S III, and as such, this camera is outstanding in this regard. It features the same native ISO range from 80 to 102 400, further expandable to a low of 40 and a high of 409 600. And the backside illuminated design here helps improve low light collection efficiency and the camera's signal to noise ratio. But the camera also secretly has dual native ISOs, where the second range engages at ISO 12,800. Thus, users can expect usable footage up to ISO 12,800 and even 25,600 with minor processing. For focus, it obtains the same 627-point fast hybrid AF system with 89% coverage and negative 6 EV support from the higher-end FX6. And like the FX6, it also brings both real-time IAF and face detection for humans and animals, though animals is only supported when shooting stills. And the camera's subject recognition algorithm uses color, pattern, and distance information along with face and eye detection recognition to ensure accuracy. You'll also receive autofocus support in all shooting modes, including 4K 120p. But unlike the FX6, Sony's brought complete touch focus and tracking implementation. Now users can have the camera focus anywhere or initiate real-time tracking on the screen merely by touch alone. Like the FX6 and A7S III, it carries over the AF transition speed and AF subject shift sensitivity settings. Together, these give you more precise control over the autofocusing speed and its stickiness, and the camera also offers focus magnification and peaking to focus manually. It obtains the same FZ100 battery as the A7S III, and battery life is identical. Sony raced the camera at 600 shots per charge or 135 minutes of continuous video recording, and these are excellent figures for this class of camera. For displays, it obtains the same 3-inch TFT fully articulating touchscreen from the A7S III, and it too has a resolution of 1.44 million dots. And while on chain share, the side hinge screen is ideal for the flexibility it offers when composing both at high or low angles, and it's also perfect for front-facing pieces to the camera. Like the A7S III, it also obtains Sony's overhaul touchscreen functionality, and it offers various touch gestures like touch tracking, pinch zoom, swiping, and full menu navigation. Physically, it offers a similar general body design as the A7S III, but Sony's made several fundamental changes to this body, and this is the main area the two cameras truly differ. Firstly, it offers a similar fit and finish as the FX6 and FX9, with a matte silver gray color scheme. And internally, it sports a refined magnesium alloy chassis for full dust and weather sealing that slightly outdoes the A7S. Secondly, Sony's done away with the traditional button configuration of the Alpha series. Instead, they've reorganized the buttons to make them entirely video-centric. So gone is the conventional mode dial, instead replaced with a mode button. And also gone is the wrapped on-off toggle surrounding the shutter. Instead, that's now a zoom rocker to control compatible PZ lenses or the clear image zoom. Additionally, they've also upped the number of customizable function keys from four to six. And all these controls are on the right side for convenient operation, consistent with the FX6 and FX9 cameras. 
Next, the camera sports six standard quarter 20 threads to easily attach compatible accessories such as external monitors, arms, and more. Next, it sports an integrated cooling fan and heat dissipating design. It's a largely similar implementation on the surface as the FX6, but this is a key advantage over the A7S, which lacks this particular option. Lastly, it has three built-in tally lamps, and these lamps indicate the camera's rolling, and they're generally easy to see and helpful when the display is out of view. But otherwise, it also features the same 5-axis in-body stabilization system from the A7S III, rated for 5.5 EV stops. Also of note, this camera records image stabilization to the metadata, like the FX6, and this lets you apply stabilization in post using Sony's Catalyst Browse, which is highly effective. The camera also has a microphone input, it has a headphone output, it has a full-size HDMI port, it has a USB-C port, which is USB 3.2, which supports tethering, charging, and continuous power with PD-rated sources. You can also convert this particular port to a high-speed wired LAN using the optional USB Ethernet wired LAN adapter. Like the A7S III, it has dual card slots, which both support UHS-2 or CFX Type A cards. It obtains Sony's multi-interface hot shoe to attach their accessories without cables. It has built-in Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and NFC connectivity. It has a fully silent electronic shutter. It has the anti-flicker shooting option. It obtains Sony's clear image zoom, and it offers several lens compensations, including peripheral shading, chromatic aberration, and distortion compensation. In the end, Sony's FX3 is quite an interesting release on their end, and a strange one at that. It lacks several video-centric features required of cinema cameras, so in many ways it's not a true cinema camera, namely it lacks 4K DCI, shutter angle, 3D LUT support, and waveforms. As such, it's a shadow figure in the current FX line, and it's a camera that Sony hasn't quite fully capitalized on. Even so, with a starting price only slightly greater than the A7S III, it does represent an attractive alternative to get a more video-centric A7S, and strict video shooters not fussy with the missing viewfinder will find this camera naturally the best. So as it stands, this is currently Sony's best documentary and long format camera, and it's a strange but solid one indeed. So there you have it, my friends. There are highlights in the overview of Sony's FX3. For more information on the FX3, check out our website, photographypx.com, and there you'll see a full detailed written review, as well as other reviews that may be of interest to you. You can also look at the pinned comment in the description down below, and I'll take you right to the full review. I've been your host, Devon Lennox. We'll see you in the next video. Thank you for watching today's video. I hope you found the contents of today's video insightful and it added value to you. If you're new here, please consider subscribing if you haven't done so already. Also, leave us a like and a comment in the description down below. Let us know if we overlook something or we missed something that we covered in today's video. I've been your host, Devon Lennox, photography.